Welcome to the Confident Feminine Body Podcast, a place of healing and transformation in your relationship with your body, food, and fitness. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marbury. I'm an intuitive healer and coach and founder of our Confident Feminine Body Program, where I help women build their self-worth from the inside out, free their voice, and love the sexy skin they're in without diets, deprivation, and self-sacrifice. Think of this podcast as your empowering and fun self-love guide, where you'll get real-time advice and tangible tools as we navigate this body and food freedom journey together. Let's dive in. Hey, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Confident Feminine Body community. Today, we have a super special guest expert here, and we're going to be talking about how to organize your way to self-love and how organization and productivity are really connected in with our self-love practice. I'm going to dive in right now to introducing our special guest. Her name is Jen, and she is been in the marketing and advertising world for 25 years. And after being in the corporate world, she decided to chase her dream of being a professional organizer and productivity coach. It is her goal to genuinely help others to achieve their greatest potential in their lives, their businesses, and everywhere else. She believes that work-life balance may work for some, but her focus is on work-life integration. This approach allows you to focus your time and energy in a way that works for you as an individual at whatever life stage you are in. Jen uses her years of business operations and experience to help individuals and companies to be more efficient, organized, and productive. It was this passion that led her to start her own business, Organized Priorities, in 2019. Her unique approach focuses on working with you to reach your goals and then laying the foundation to build healthy habits in order to sustain your progress. It sounds so awesome. So Jen, welcome. I'm so happy you're here. I love it. You make me sound so uh, much more important than um, I'm feeling this morning, <laughs> but you are. I'm happy to be here. Good. I'm so glad. So will you, so you are the queen of organizing. I mean, just looking at I know not everyone can see the video, but just she has these beautiful shelves behind her with all of these beautiful baskets and turquoise is my favorite color. So you are speaking my language. So you are the organizational productivity queen. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to launching your business? Yeah, of course. So this is my, I joke often that this is a fake Zoom background, but it's not really. (laughs) Um, So I have been in marketing and advertising for as long as I remember. I grew up in a family with Um, There were four kids, you know, my parents and we, I I still laugh about this, but we lived in a house with one and a half baths with all those people. And my aunt lived with us a lot of the time. And so I kind of grew up in this like more chaotic um, kind of life. And one of the things that I always did was I always tried to find little coping mechanisms in order to kind of reduce some of that stress. And so I've always been super organized and, you know, love helping friends clean out closets and things like that. But I also love the calling of advertising and marketing. And that's kind of what pulled me in that path. But a few years into that, I realized that I am much more comfortable when I'm helping other people be the best version of themselves. And so that took me away from working directly with clients and put me more in the background because I was happy when I was helping the team succeed. 
And so that's what led me to the operations side of things. And, you know, in that I was still able to do marketing and advertising, but I was still able to, you know, channel my love of organization and, and productivity. And so about, I would say eight years ago, I, I think it was, you know, it sounds so cliche, but like the middle of the night, I woke up and organized priorities popped into my head that that was what the name of my business was going to be. And that next day I purchased the domain name for organized priorities and I got the Facebook page and the Instagram page and my Twitter and it sat and I continued to pay for my little thing for my domain name for seven years. And then finally in 2019, something made me realize that it was time and it was time to leave what you know what I was doing behind and finally chase the dream that I really wanted to have and that is you know helping people be more organized be more productive and working directly with people to help them get their priorities in, in order and live their best version of themselves I love that that's so interesting I think a lot of women can relate to that story of getting kind of a divine download of like, this is an idea, a business idea or a blog idea or a product idea or whatever it is. And then kind of like ruminating on it and sitting on it. And so good for you for actually taking the leap of faith and, and doing it. And I, I can totally relate because I have been kind of, I've been having this intuitive hit over the last year of you need to have your own podcast. You need to have your own podcast. And I'm a firm believer that when we get these creative downloads, it's like, it's so important that we act on them because it's, it's, it's a soul message. It's, it's coming through for, for whatever reason. Right. So that's so inspiring that you were able to, you know, really manifest this and make it a reality for yourself and follow through. So that's so awesome. One so of the, one of my very early, it's funny that you say that, but one of my very, very early posts on Instagram was, um, have you ever woke up and thought today is the day? And did you ever think that maybe you were right? So I love that. I love that. That's beautiful. Well, let's get into the questions. So organizing your way to self-love. Um, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today is decision fatigue. And really, can you tell us what is decision fatigue and kind of how does that relate to our self-love, self-care practice? So decision fatigue is, it's an actual psychological phenomenon. And it stems from the fact that we spend our entire day making decisions. Um, one of the latest statistics that I read is that we can make up to 35,000 decisions every single day. And some of those are conscious, some of those are unconscious, you don't even realize you're doing them. But it really made me think because those numbers are from 2018. And so now with you know the prevalence between social media and so many choices between TV and streaming and whatnot, it is probably significantly higher than that. And so what the phenomenon says is that, you know, we're, we're, our decision-making ability is not, it's, it's not this infinite thing. It's finite. And we only have the ability to make so many decisions in a day. And so thereby, the more decisions we have to make, the more emotionally taxing it is on us. And so I always use my favorite example is it's one of the reasons why, what should we have for dinner tonight is one of like, they say like one of the looming questions in every family is what should we have for dinner tonight? Because you've gone your whole day now and you're out of it. Like you just, you cannot make any more decisions because you, you've literally exhausted yourself. Wow. I can so relate to this as a mother <laughs> of two young children and getting to the end of the workday. If my husband and I haven't really talked about what are we having for dinner? It is so stressful because you just kind of feel like there's nothing left and everyone's kind of, mm -hmm. you know, everyone's energy is low <laughs> at that time. So how can we know if we are feeling plagued by decision fatigue? Like how do we identify that? 
So one of the biggest things is to really look at the quality of the decisions that you're making. And are you feeling a lot of decision regret? You know, oh, I did this, but I should have done that. Um, then there's like the physical aspect of it. Are you feeling drained, burnt out? It, it can manifest as, as physical exhaustion. Um, you know, there's a really great example that puts, puts it in perspective to how, how these decisions affect, affect, you know, most every part of our life. So there is a study that somebody did at one point where they looked at 1,100 prisoners who were up for parole. And they studied um, all of the factors that went into, you know, that the judges would look at when they would decide whether or not these people would get parole. And so absent of their crime, their original sentence, their background, these studies showed that a person who had their parole hearing in the morning was 70% more likely to be paroled. Whereas somebody who had one in the afternoon, their likelihood of being paroled was 10%. And that's huge. And I always feel like that shows you how big this decision fatigue actually is and how it affects the decisions that we're making every day. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's so, wow. What an interesting and powerful statistic. And I've heard before that a lot of us, our brains are working at the you know, high volume, best power source in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, and so a lot of people in their productivity and, and their, how they schedule, they really try to, to be mindful of kind of organizing their lives. So they're doing a lot of the hard hitting or creative work in the morning when their brain is, is fresh. So it seems like that's kind of in alignment with what you're sharing. It is. And that's really when, um, that's when you should be making your most important decisions because when we get up in the morning, we haven't made all of those decisions that we have made by the time we get to dinner at night. So if you have important decisions to make, it's really good to do them in the morning. But what we don't realize is that we start making decisions the minute that our alarm clock goes off in the morning. You know, the alarm clock goes off and we think, should I snooze or should I not snooze? Am I going to, you know, do I have to take my son to school today? Or does my husband have to take my son to school today? Like these are all the decisions that we have to make. And then you start adding stressors onto that as your day goes by and it just keeps depleting that. And so when you get to the afternoon, you're less likely to make a, a good decision. So move those really tough decisions to the morning and you'll be more apt to make a better, better decision. Yeah, totally. So how, so if, if I am a person who has decision fatigue, I'm, I'm really relating to all of this, you know, what do I do? Like, what's, what's my first step in alleviating decision fatigue? What's available to me? So one of the biggest things that I always teach people that they can do for the decision fatigue is to try to automate as many things as they can, or take some of the decision-making away, take some of the choices away. And one of the examples that always comes up is, and I even think we talked about it, is the whole, um, you know, when I'm exhausted, how am I supposed to think about cleaning out my closet? And your closet is a really, really good place to start because so much happens in that, you know, morning when you're trying to decide what to wear and get dressed, you're making so many decisions that maybe you necessarily don't have to make. But then the way a lot of times as women that we structure our closets, we're also adding a little bit to the chaos of that. And so I would say is, is start there. And that's, you know, that's where the self-love comes in is that you really have to, you're really looking out for yourself by doing this. And so go through your closet and take some time. You don't have to do it all at once, but go through your closet and really get it organized. Get rid of the things that you don't wear. You don't need them. You don't need them staring at you every morning. Get rid of things that are, you know, too big, too small, you know, narrow your closet down to the things that you really love and the things that you really want to wear, because now in the morning, you're going to go into a closet and you're starting your day a lot lighter and with a little 
less decisions that you have to make because all of the things that are there in your closet you love. Well, a good example of that, that a lot of people will recognize is one person that was really famous for that is Steve Jobs, um, the founder of Apple. And if you've ever seen him speak or seen pictures, he's always wearing the same thing, the jeans, the black turtleneck. And they say that that was one of the things was that he always wore the same thing because it was one less decision that he had to make every morning. Mm. Oh, that's so powerful. And I'm, I'm deeply resonating with this because as a mother of two young children, having two small businesses, it is, it's like, there's constant flood of choices and decisions. So what I'm hearing you say is that we can kind of take some of that power back and also alleviate, like getting curious about where in our lives we can alleviate that decision fatigue and that the closet is a great place to start where you can kind of clean out the closet. So you have limited choices and then you're just kind of, so do you, when you think about automating decisions in your closet, for example, what would, what does that mean? Would that mean like I'm picking out an outfit the night before that I'm going to wear the next day, or is it just doing what you're saying, which is like clearing it out. So that way, when you come in, it's just a quicker, swifter decision. You could do a combination of both, but you know, the way they where a lot of people will tell you, Oh, you know, lay out your clothes the night before. By the time we get to that point in the day, a lot of us don't have the energy to even think about that. And so getting your closet in order so that the decisions are easier in the morning, you know, is, is a great place to start. And, and that goes to, you know, I have my closet arranged in like, um, like colors. So it's like, I have sweatshirts, you know, going different colors so that I can say, okay, you know, this, that's the limit of my choice right there is which one am I going to pick today? And then once I pick that, then I can pick from the bottoms and it's really it's that kind of formula way of dressing to be able to kind of eliminate some of that decision-making. Yeah. And you know what I want to bring into this too is so part of the work that I do with clients is helping them to heal their relationship with food and really let go of this idea of if I weigh this amount of pounds, this is when I'm finally going to be happy. And it's not that it's not that weight loss in itself is bad. It's just, it's this illusion that if I'm in a size two jeans, then I'm going to have it all figured out and I'll finally have energy and I'll finally have a successful business and I'll finally attract the right partner. And it's this illusion that our happiness is kind of always in this future place. And so when you were talking about the closet and getting rid of clothes, one thing that I coach my clients to do is letting go of the clothes that they're holding on to that maybe are five, 10 years old. Maybe it's clothes from their pre-baby body, you know, when they were in their twenties and they're like, And, and, you know, these items have emotional weight in our lives, right? So it can be extremely freeing to get rid of these clothes that are too tight or they're too small, or they're from this, you know, previous part of your life that you're kind of longing for, because when you can actually shed that layer, what you're doing is you're actually accepting that I am here in this body. Now, I don't need to wait to live my life when I can shrink back into this body that may or may not even be plausible for me at this point. Right. And so I love how you said like getting rid of the clothes that are too big, too small, because our bodies are, are shifting. And I think as women, you know, we kind of have this illusion that like, we're going to get to the certain point and it's just all going to be easy. And I know from, you know, our bodies just change, right? Like they change through being a teen, they change in their twenties. They change after you have babies or if, if you have babies or in menopause, they change. Like there's all these natural things that happen to women's bodies, but society kind of wants us to stay in this little tight package and never change and never age. 
And so I love the idea that your items have power. And so in kind of letting go of, you know, a smaller size gene, that is actually really freeing. And it's a huge act of self-love. And think about what all of those things that you were just saying, and then pack all of that up and put that right in front of you every single morning. And that's why, you know, it's better to be able to have that freedom to be able to you know, know that when I go into my closet, it's not going to stress me out. And, you know, and you wonder why you're exhausted at the end of the day when you start your day with that much stress. And, you know, a lot of times people struggle with getting rid of things that because they want to hold on to them because they have memories or they, you know, see something like that they maybe want to attain or, or, you know, and, and in that case, I always say is don't force yourself into a situation that is going to make you more uncomfortable. And one thing that I always advocate doing is put your clothes on probation. So, if you have like things that you just really don't know that you're ready to part with, I put them on probation. I take them out of my closet and I have a that use the closet in the spare room and I put them in the closet in the spare room, but I give them a lifeline and I say, okay, in six months or a year, depending on what it is, if I still have not found a place for you in my life, then it's time for you to go. But it, it kind of helps to, it pushes the decision-making off a little bit, but a lot of times we need to do that to make ourselves comfortable with it. I love that you shared that. I've never thought of it as putting your clothes on probation. <laughs> like that's amazing. I, I do the same thing. I never thought of it in that way, but that is, I love that term. I'm going to start using that. Um, but I do the same thing where I'm, if there is that thing where I'm like, well, maybe I'll wear it. Maybe. I mean, I haven't worn it in two years, but maybe I'm going to wear it. And I just can't quite get rid of it. I do the same thing. I just kind of take it down, put it tuck it away. And then, mm -hmm. you know, and then it gives you that sense of like, okay, it's, th it's there if I need it. And then, then when you are ready to get, you know, donate it or whatever you're going to do with it, you're more confident in your decision. I love that. So is it, so let's talk about, you know, healthy habits and how that impacts decision fatigue. And when you, when you're saying healthy habits, like what do you mean and, and how are those kind of connected? So healthy habits are really, they're those things that, you know, that everybody says, this is what's good for me. You know, a lot of those things fall into healthy habits, but every one of us is going to have our individual healthy habits of, of what works for us, what doesn't, you know, some common examples are, um, you know, too much screen time, even as adults, you know, too much time on social media, um, you know, way to alleviate that is turn off notifications, you know, don't have a, a, a message popping up on your phone. Every time someone comes comments on your Instagram post, like, take that distraction out is, is one great healthy habit. Things like meal planning. And again, it's one of those things that it's like, oh, I don't have time to meal plan and it feels so daunting. But the reality is, is think about how many times you say that, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? And it doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be this, you know, process. The best place to start is with a list and I'm big on lists. So um, make a list of just write down on a piece of paper, seven things that you know that your family loves to eat for dinner or you love to eat for dinner, write down seven things. There's your meal plan. I, I mean, it, it's really that simple is, um, you know, just starting small, cleaning out your wardrobe. Like I had just, like we just talked about. Another thing is healthy snacks. Um, you know, we, and lunches and things like that. And we spend all that time thinking about what should I eat? What shouldn't I eat? Well, take some of that decision-making out as well and do something like a snack basket you know what you like to have as a snack, or you know that there's certain times in the day when you need to, you know, have that little pick me up, have them on the counter, put a little basket with just the things. And that's what you choose from. And it helps to be able to have things on hand. So you're not, you know, being impulsive, but you don't have to make a decision. You just have to grab and go and just automating things. Um, you know, anything that you can automate or just, you know, make those things use if, 
if thens, if I do this, then I'll do this. If I get out of bed, which we do, then I'm going to brush my teeth. If I make coffee, I'm going to fill my water bottle. It's, it's all of those things is tie the things together and tie the healthy habits into things that you do on a regular basis. Yeah. And I love to add to that. I love that. And what I'm hearing you say is really the healthy habits are the things that are going to nourish us, that are going to recharge us, that are going to fill us up. And so, yeah, one of the things that I teach, which is kind of, I think what you were just sharing, if this, then this is when you're implementing these healthy rituals in your life or the things that are nourishing to you, and you're trying to really create a new habit in your life, it's helpful if you can kind of tie it to something else that you're already doing. Right. So like, I want to drink more water. So every time I make my coffee, I'm going to fill up my water bottle. Like, I love that connection. And that's helpful to, if you can kind of create those habits and rituals. And so is that when you say you want to automate your decision-making, is that kind of what you're saying? Is that like, when I do this, it's automatically tied into this. Yes. It's habit stacking is so you're taking, you know, new habits that you might want to integrate and you're stacking them on top of old ones. And that's where the, if then comes in. And there's so many places, if you sit down and think about it, there's so many things that, you know, places that you can add to that. You know, if I choose black stretch pants, I'm going to choose a red top or, you know, you can, you can get as granular as you want with it. But the reality is, is that you're basically taking away those tough decisions. When we have less choices, we're more apt to make better decisions. Mm, so this is part of why it's so like, why, when you do clean a room or you get rid of a lot of stuff, you feel that emotional, like weight is off is essentially you are alleviating that decision, decision fatigue, because you're not like flooded with all of these different options and clutter Mm -hmm. that it's just like, so for the brain actually is, it is like a bubble bath for the brain. Like you're just you feel different after you declutter, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Decluttering is, is one of those ways to you're, you're getting rid of physical stuff, but at the same time, like you're unpacking all of this emotional stuff as well, because when we live lighter, we feel lighter, you know, our energy feels lighter. And that's why decluttering is one of those things that can really make people feel good. I mean, think about when you do you know, if you have kids and you go through their toy room and you get rid of a bunch of stuff that they haven't played with and how fresh and light that all feels. And you can apply that to so many other places in your life. And you can make that part of your self-care routine because you can add it into your day as something that you can look forward to is, you know, by taking care of yourself. You know what? I have 15 minutes today. I'm going to clean out my makeup drawer because then the next morning when you open your makeup drawer, you're going to remember like, how you're going to see the results and it'll, you'll remember how good it felt to get rid of that stuff. And so it's, it's little things to make you feel better about yourself. Wow. Yeah. That's that. I would love for you to talk more about that. So I'll just share with, with you, my story of, you know, running two businesses, having two small kids. There's so many house projects I have ruminating in my brain that I haven't even started with. And I guess I'm experiencing decision fatigue in that way of just like, you know, when you start to kind of look at a room and you're, and you start to see the things you want to shift and change and declutter. And then, and then I feel like it's the type of thing where then you start to see more and more and more. And I, I tend to get a little bit overwhelmed and flooded. So how, what would you say, how would you coach someone if they're kind of feeling that sense of I'm working, you know, 60 hours a week, I have children, I have a partner, I'm, my house is feeling a little bit chaotic. Like where could they even begin? Like, how could they start in an empowering way? 
so the, I, I love that question because I think a lot of people deal with that. And that's where, when I work with a client on something like that, the first thing I work on is priority setting. And it sounds so simple, like, oh, I'm going to just set my priorities and go. But the reality is, is that our priorities shift and our priorities change. And so even when it comes to making, you know, house project decisions, is that you need to prioritize those so that you're not going off in tangents. And one way to do that is uh, start with a list, make a list of, you know, the things that you would like to do in your house, you know, in the, in the immediate. And then as you look at that list, you need to ask yourself, okay, how am I going to feel when this is done? How will I feel when I, you know, repaint my bedroom? What will, how, how will that make me feel? And then once you, you know, figure out that and you figure out how you're going to feel when you do all of those things, then you can look at it a little more objectively and say like, okay, this one is more important than this one. I'm going to feel so much better. This is going to give me more energy. So I'm going to do this project first because, you know, if I clean the garage, then every day when I pull my car in at the end of my work day, I'm going to feel so much better about that. And I'm going to start my evening with my family on a better note because of that. And so once you make a list of the things you want to do, it's a lot easier to prioritize them. Then you just make a deal with yourself. I'm only going to work on the priorities first. And then when I finish that one, I'm going to move to the next one. So it's all like playing games with yourself. Totally. I love that. I So one of my favorite quotes, um, I don't think I came up with this. I don't know where I heard it, but it's something that I've, I live by is that when everything is important, nothing is important. important. Yes, yes, that's absolutely true. Yeah. And I, I feel that in my house, right? Like I feel where I'm like, oh, my desk, I want like my area of my desk and my loft to be organized. Cause that's where I work and I want my bedroom to be. And then I want the garage and, and then it feels like everything's important. So I love this idea of, and then of course, when everything's important, nothing's important and nothing gets done. So I love this idea of really, you know, I personally have never done that where you make a whole list of all the things you want to do in your house, the things you want to clean, declutter, change, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I love how you said, uh, you know, imagine how it's going to make you feel. So you're tapping into the energy of it. And cause it's interesting. I wonder what comes up with you with your clients, because as an energy worker myself, what I would be curious about is if people, when you're digging into how you're going to feel about it, I wonder if sometimes the things that we feel like we should do in our house are actually coming from external pressure of trying to be the perfect wife or the perfect mom. And we're trying to put on this facade that we have it all together. That is absolutely true. And we, we do that. I mean, we do that as women, as we, we look at those external factors that play into our goals. And that's why sitting down and doing an exercise of how you, you know, how you feel about things. One of the things I work on a lot with my clients is setting up morning routines and evening routines. And then as you're going through the routine, that's the question you ask yourself, how is this going to make me feel? Why do I want to do this? So that you can really get to the root of it. And then when you look at, at your list of how things make you feel, a lot of times those external things move to the bottom of the list and the things that really make you feel good about yourself move to the top of the list. Another thing that I always say is that whole, like, you know, I'm going to do this because I'm going to be a better mom or I'm going to be a better wife, or I'm going to be a better, whatever, you know, bring other people in on that as well. You know, when we moved into our house, we sat down the three of us as a family, and we made a list of all of the things that we wanted to do in the house. I mean, and we went room by room. And then after we did that, we all went through and decided what, what was important to us individually and why. 
And then we were able to kind of talk through and make a priority list as a family of the direction that we wanted to go with things. The other thing about that too is be prepared for it to change because we had this list and great example is my home office. And it was so far down the list when we moved into the house and then pandemic hit. And we had to completely reevaluate everything and it moved to the top of the list because this is where I spend my days and this is where I'm at. And it makes me a better mom. It makes me a better wife, a better friend that I'm in a non-chaotic environment every day doing my work. So then I can be more present and less stressed when I you know, rejoin my family at the end of the day. That is so interesting. I love that. So it's like, kind of having this dream map and, and sitting down with the people that you share your home with and brainstorming and envisioning, but also, you know, having a plan, but then also having flexibility around it. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's awesome. Absolutely. So one question I have, and I'm, I, I'm sure if this is coming up for me, it's coming up for our audience. Someone in the audience can relate, but my partner, he is the kind of dude that like walls are just walls, right? Like it doesn't matter what's on them, what the color is. He's just like, this is a functional wall. And I'll be like, the color is just not speaking to my heart. And he's just <laughs> like, what? The wall is perfectly functional. And then I will say to give him credit, I'll use the pantry as an example. I had a while back gone through our pantry, got rid of, you know, all the stuff that had expired and tried to organize it. And it was just like, a breath of fresh air, like, you know, going in there, you were just like, now I know where things are. And it's, and it was like, I, I, you know, there was no decision fatigue. It was just like, this is what we have. I know exactly where everything is. And when I did that, he goes, oh my gosh, you're right. It does make a big difference. So he's aware of it, but I can't imagine, you know, what do you do if your partner isn't like on board with interior design or like, you know, how do you kind of work through that? We deal with that a lot in our house. <laughs> so, you know, one of the things I realize is it, my husband is the same way in that it's the, you know, a wall is a wall. It's, it for, it's got a function. It's, you know, it's doing its thing. One of the things that I've realized works between the two of us is for me to be honest with him. And really it, it goes back to that. How does it make you feel? Like if I say, you know, I need to remodel my office and he says, but we really should do the family room first. And then I can sit down and I can say to him, this is why I need to do it and really get to the root of why it's important to me and what I'm going to get out of it. And then we can kind of make that decision together. But we do the same thing where a lot of times, you know, you, you spend the time cleaning something out like a pantry and they think, why are you wasting your time on that? And then when it's done, they realize how amazing it is. And so one of the things we also do to kind of combat some of that stuff is we have like our, our zones. And for example, is I am never going to tell him what to do in the garage. But at the same time, when I make a decision about painting something inside of the house, he's going to give me a little more leeway because he gets the outside, I get the inside. And so that's kind of our zones. And we're able to kind of make decisions a little bit better that way. That's cool. Yeah. And I will say that, um, have you heard of the show, The Minimalists? Or, or yeah. It's on yes. I have not watched it yet, but I've heard of it. And I, I believe it's... Um, it's by a person who's written a few books on minimalism. And, you know, the whole premise of that is exactly what you were saying before, is that when we have less stuff, you know, we can live a better, we can live the best version of ourselves because we're not so caught up in all of the things surrounding us. And we can live more in the moment because of that. I watched that with my husband and he was super inspired by it. And I will say he went into his closet and he got rid of all of this stuff and 
that was when you said like, sit down and communicate with your partner. That's what we did is we kind of said, this makes so much sense. And if you, if you guys haven't seen that show, um, Jen just gave you a good recap of it, but, it, but really it, it kind of talks about how we get in this trap in our society of, I need to make more money and then I get more stuff and then it's never enough. So I need to make more money. And then we're on this like rat race hamster wheel and we're flooded with work and stuff. And really it's taking away from our quality of life and our ability to um, step into our highest level self because we're in this cycle of never enoughness. And so the idea is really like creating a very minimalist scenario where I think in that, in that um, Netflix show, he was like, I have four shirts and four pants or, I mean, very, very minimalistic. Um, but it was, it was awesome to watch that with my partner because he, he totally, you know, resonated with that. And I feel like we are so on the same page with that. So now it's more just like implementing. And I think it's also about being mindful of what you purchase too. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I love getting rid of stuff, but then it's like being conscious of what are we bringing in the house? What is, what is the clutter that we're adding to the house through online shopping and all of that? And, you know, and that's another place where the decision fatigue to to take it full circle really plays into that is because when we are fatigued, we're, we're more likely to make bad decisions like impulse buying and bringing things into the house that we might not necessarily need just because we really don't have the willpower to say no, because we've emotionally exhausted ourselves through all the decisions that we have to make. And, you know, really cutting down on clutter. I have one great example of, again, going to my own life is we had been living in a, a different house than where we're at now. And I was going through, it, it felt like an emotional time for me. And I felt like I was just really stressed and, you know, coming home from work at the end of the day and not really being able to show up as my best self for my family. And one day I had like this, this like Eureka kind of thing as I was pulling into the garage at the end of the day. And it was just stuff everywhere, you know, bikes and this and that and tools and everything was just cluttered that I realized that that was affecting me that it was affecting my mood and how I felt at the end of the day and how I related to my family. And I was able to sit down with my husband and say, okay, he, he has, he has a bigger penchant to be like buying more things. He loves his stuff. And and I love him for that. But, you know, I was able to say is that this is stressing me out. It's, it's, it's taking a physical toll on me. And so what can we do to be able to fix this? And he got it. I mean, he listened to me and So he went through this whole like decluttering and cleaning process. And it was amazing what that different, what difference that made on me both emotionally and physically. And I appreciated that he did that. Yeah, because he heard example. He heard you and he saw you and he honored that. And how beautiful is that? That you, yeah, what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, really, I love how you approached him too, because it wasn't like you approached him, like you're buying too much stuff. You got to get a control on, you know, you're buying, like, it wasn't that approach at all. It was like, babe, this is how I'm feeling. And here's what would really support me, you know, and learning how to communicate and learning how to, um, you know, and, and really getting to, I think what is asked of us as women is like getting beneath the surface. So, you know, getting below the surface, like, why do I want that? You know, like, what is happening? You know, it's, it's one thing to be like, this is so frustrating. All the stuff is here, but it's like closing your eyes and feeling into it and identifying I'm feeling overwhelmed by this stuff. I'm feeling stressed about money. I'm feeling whatever it is and being able to identify and then going to your partner and saying, 
I'm feeling like this. That's what I heard you say is like, I'm feeling like this. And here's kind of how you can support me. And then what a wonderful way to keep building and growing your relationship is coming together and communicating and, and feeling like he saw you and he heard you and he took action. Right. And the nice thing is, is that that works in, in so many other parts of your life as well. I mean, you know, I use the example of my husband, but it could be a partner. It could be a roommate. It could be an office mate. It's, you know, but having those conversations about what you need and what's important to you will go a long way because you might also find that when you spill out, you know, this is why it's important to me, you might get that feedback from the other person that they say what's important to them. And you go, oh, I had no idea. And then you're both able to kind of get on the same page about what you need. Mm, I love that. I love that. Wow. I feel like we could just keep going on and on (laughs) for hours. Um, This has been so helpful and I'm so grateful for your wisdom and all the tips and tools you shared today. And if our listeners want to work with you or follow you, where can they find you? They can find me on social media, Organized Priorities on Facebook or Instagram, or, um, and they can find my contact information or go to organizedpriorities.com. And there's a form on my website where you can get in touch with me as well. I'm Elizabeth Marbury, and I want to thank you for listening and hanging out with me today. Join our free community of brave soul sisters who are crushing it on their journey to body love and food freedom by going to confidentfemininebodygroup.com. That's confidentfemininebodygroup.com. And be sure to download my free gift while you're there. I'd also love to hang out with you on social media. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Elizabeth Marbury. I am sending you so much love today and always. See you next time.